Welcome to The Wrong Side, the podcast where we talk through the latest happenings in pop culture to help make sure you never find yourself on the wrong side of history. On today's episode, we'll be talking about Reggae Jean Page leaving Bridgerton, Olivia Rodrigo's new single Deja Vu, Lil Nas X's new music video from Ontario, among many other updates in music. Let's discuss. That was absolutely perfect. No glitch, no pause, no nothing. You know what? April Fools, baby. It's only good vibes for Good Friday. Let's not even cut this part out. People of the pod, we have been (laughs) on Zoom for 45 minutes trying to fucking figure out how to make the Wi-Fi work. And it hasn't fucking worked. And I recorded the fucking intro seven separate times. Every single time there's an issue. And that was the first time, allegedly, that there wasn't an issue. So we're carrying on. We're letting go and letting God, in the words of Emily (laughs) and Easter, in the name of the Lord Jesus and his bunny. Dude, we even woke up precious Lenny behind you. He was sleeping so peacefully. And then we just started freaking out. And he's he's even bothered now. The effects spread further from the further mic. Than you know. They spread beyond the mic. It's so sad too, because it's been a little bit since we recorded because you lost your voice last week. And so we took a week off, which has been excellent because I got to, you know, relax and chillax on the weekend. But now I'm ready to fucking go. And Wi-Fi said, not today, Satan. So, and speaking some... of Satan, we're going to be talking. No. <laughs> no, there is some, there's some satanic energy going on with all of our, all of our topics. And it's just a lot, a lot no, of I'm, themes. I'm truly so excited for this week. I am so glad that nothing happened this week that prevented us from recording because I feel like there hasn't been that one big bombshell story, but instead there's been like 15 mini bombshells in the last 48 hours. And I'm genuinely excited to discuss every single one of them. I feel like every now and then there's a story where I'm like, I don't really know much or I'm not really impacted by this. Not the case this week. Correct. But there, yeah, there's much to discuss, but first we must discuss the question of the day. And the question of the day is this, if you had to pick one feature you absolutely had to have in your dream home, what would it be and why? And you can only pick one thing. So choose wisely, but there's no budget. Go. Okay. I feel like I always answer first. So I want you to go first. Okay. It's quite simple, really. All I need. <laughs> you sounded like Dwight just there. <laughs> I have a feeling yours is going to be very extravagant. Mine oh. is very like subtle and iconic of me that like it it just really goes to show that I don't need much to be happy because my happiness is comes from within and not from external factors such as physical objects James is like thanking (laughs) his lucky stars right now he's like oh praise god no pressure okay but anyways um the thing that I would like to have the most in my future home is a cabinet that was created and built for one specific purpose and that purpose is dispensing nugget-shaped ice, similar to the ice that you receive at Chick-fil-A or Jimmy John's. Wait, Sonic. Okay. Yes. Yes. Nugget ice machine built in. No bullshit where it's like in the butler's pantry on the counter. No, we're so rich that it's going to be built into the cabinetry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I honestly have a lot of little like cabinetry things I want because I think I would love one day, my dream is to have a kitchen that I design for myself. So it's oh. organized the way I want. Everything is where it, it's meant to be. And it's everything. It's just like perfectly customizable. But the ice machine, it's so funny. Like I've been having, you know, like my seasonal depression as we all do as Portlanders and, you know, Pacific Northwesterners. Absolutely. And this week the sun came out and yesterday it was like low-key hot because I walked the dog around to, you know, get his poops out, came back inside. <laughs> I was sweating like the Dickens and I sit down. I'm like, damn, I fucking hate summer. Like I'm so fucking hot. It's actually insane how I cannot figure out what climate I prefer to be in because especially being home for the last year, we've talked extensively about the seasons of Spokane, Washington. And Mm -hmm. in the winter, I'm miserable. I'm freezing. I'm cold. I'm just complaining about when is summer going to get here already. And I totally agree about, yeah, two days ago, it was hot out and I went for a walk 
and I got sweaty, which I haven't been in how long. And mm-hmm. I agree. I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, I just wish it were cloudy and rainy and just like, a, know. you know, a, a more of a dreary day. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? What do I, I just can't be happy with anything. No, literally it's the human experience. Like every time you think you want something and then you get it, you want the other thing. And we just we're programmed to be unhappy. And I sick. hate it. You know who we have to blame for that? God. <laughs> into a really religious episode no I'm just laughing because God keeps coming up but anyway <laughs> no okay but Christ has risen and he's risen up in and, our lives and let's not deny that God would want that ice cabinet it's thing for you yeah. yeah after everything I've been through it's the least <laughs> wait but what did you call it did you call it dino ice or like um nugget oh <laughs> Because, okay, sorry, when you said nugget, I don't know why, but my mind went to dino nuggets. And so I thought you were talking about like giant shaped ice cubes, like in the no. shape of little, okay, that's why dino I'm nuggets. I'm talking about the nuggets. No, no dino. I just call them round ice cubes. Well, they're called nuggets. Are they really? They are. Okay, well, let's, let's ask the audience. Chime in. What do you call those little, those little round balls of ice that you find at Sonic? Please let us know. But that's good to know. And I would literally be coming over to your house, or I'm not even going to say if or when, or what? I'm not even going to say if. (laughs) When you have that in your future home, I will be coming over every morning before work just to fill up a gallon of it because I would die for that ice. So I support you in that. And I really hope that happens. I know it will. Me and James's apartment does not have an ice machine of any type. And we've actually talked about purchasing and we're not going to, but Loki, I kind of want to. The one that creates the nuggets and it's by General Electric is like $500. <gasps> and I spend that much on my Dyson. Like I'll spend that much on an ice machine. No problem. It's really? Like just stop buying coffee for a month. Isn't that how everybody saves for everything? <laughs> That's like the general joke. Like exactly. just cut out Starbucks and you can afford <laughs> anything, baby. <laughs> really? Okay. Anyways, we got to keep pushing through. So tell me yours, please. Yeah. So mine, it, it, like, it sort of is extravagant, but also, like, not crazy if I have no budget. So my dream feature in a dream home would be my own, like, secret speakeasy in my house slash, like, wine cellar area. I love speakeasies so much. And I feel like that would just be so fun to have people over and have, like, a normal drinking area, you know, living area, whatever. But then be able to just entertain people in my own little secret hidden area and just, like... Hmm, I love that. It's kind of cheating because it's like a whole room, but it's okay. (laughs) I didn't think of that. Okay, how about my feature is just like one wait staff that serves as the bartender in my speakeasy. Okay, that brings me to the other question of the day. I'm sorry, but now I just have to ask, like, I just have to. Okay. Because I've been thinking about this for a lot. So I'm sorry that there's two questions of the day, but can you tell me, have you ever thought about what superpower you would take and why? Oh, yes. I go I go back and forth on this. Overall, the one I always come back to is I wish I could fly. Okay, there. Simple, yes. basic, not surprising. Because you know what's crazy? And I, I almost wonder if we've talked about this before, but if we have since then, I've made the explicit decision that anytime someone asks me this question, my answer will be teleportation because it just makes complete sense. Oh, wait, wait. I want to change my answer to that. If that, okay, okay. that's my yes. answer to 100%. That would be incredible. Like it would make the scaries of doing any activity not scary and simply exciting because you knew that if you weren't having fun, you could just teleport back home or you could teleport to fucking France or teleport to fucking Disneyland. You don't have to buy a ticket because you can just teleport yourself onto the fucking Pixar pier. No. And I was just talking to my cousin that lives in New York about this because both of us were talking about how insane it is that when you buy a home you're really kind of locking yourself in there for a few years or however long maybe a lifetime who the hell knows unless you have Mm -hmm. a ton of money but we were both like oh my god it's so crazy because we don't know where we want to end up like we love so many different places and cities and we constantly talk about how we wish that new york was like in the place of la instead of on the other side of the country and how nice it would be if yeah we could just fly back whenever we wanted or come home for a weekend so teleportation it is now Speaking of not being able to decide what you want to do with your life, oh, Reggae John Page, 
leaving Bridgerton. I'm going to teleport to kick his ass is what I'll do as soon as I get that superpower. I swear to God. My foot will be teleporting to his ass. (laughs) (laughs) Now, it was announced on Friday that Reggae Jean Page. Am I saying that right? Yeah, you're killing it. But is it Jean or Jean? It's Jean. Because he's, is he French? Yeah. Or British, but like French, probably. It's like an infusion. Yeah. Reggae Jean Page will not be returning for the second season of Bridgerton. The show made the announcement in the tone of Lady Whistledown saying, quote, Dear readers, while all eyes turn to Lord Anthony Bridgerton's quest to find a Viscountess, we bid adieu to Reggae Jean Page, who so triumphantly played the Duke of Hastings. We'll miss Simon's presence on screen, uh, but he will always be a part of the Bridgerton family. Daphne will remain a devoted wife and sister. That's such a weird sentence. Okay. Helping her brother navigate the upcoming social season and what it has to offer. More intrigue and romance than my readers may be able to bear. Yours truly, Lady Whistledown. He responded to the news on Twitter saying, pleasure and a privilege, an honor to be a member of the family on and off screen, cast, crew, and incredible fans. The love is real and we'll just keep growing. Executive producer Shonda Rhimes also weighed in on Paige's departure. Remember, the Duke is never gone. He's just waiting to be binge watched all over again. Hashtag Shondaland men on Netflix are forever. That's the longest. That's like the epitome of old people hashtagging, like just putting seven words after one hashtag. Like. But that also just, so before we like, there's a lot of speculation going on around this, but just to be clear, so he is speculated to have gotten a bigger role, Mm -hmm. right? So basically, Dumois came out and they got a tip from someone that said, can confirm that reggae Jean Page left rather than Bridgerton letting him go. They even offered him a serious salary hike, which would make him the highest paid actor in this season, even though he is the main character this, or even though Anthony is the main character on this second season go around, but he turned them down. They are now having the rest of the cast sign new contracts with cameo options to prevent them disappearing like this down the line. So that's just speculation, but it makes sense because he also signed off on a big Netflix movie deal and it could be that. People are speculating that he's the next James Bond. But I feel like you told me earlier today, is it true that they're just going to recast him or are they going to write him out of the show? Do you do you remember hearing? No, I don't think we know yet. Okay. But people keep saying, people on Twitter keep saying, read the books, read the books. Like this isn't a big deal. Like the books make it sound like this weird transition will be normal, but everybody keeps commenting back. Like the first season didn't perfectly follow the books. So who the hell knows what they're going to yeah, do? Yeah, it's not, it's not the books. It's like Gossip Girl. Like it's exactly. a different show. And so they, and they probably were going to give him a huge role in the second season because everybody stands them from the first season and everybody would have been upset if the show just continued on without like any mention or any like movement of the characters of Daphne and Simon or yeah Daphne that's the character's name right yeah Phoebe is the real girl's name yes I always mix them up too I'm always like wait which one is the actress wait what's her last name Phoebe because then I want to say Bridgers because it's Bridgerton but Phoebe Bridgers is not isn't it Phoebe like Dynavore 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 I think it's Dynavore Phoebe Dino Nuggets (laughs) Phoebe Dino Nuggets but anyways, this is just like so problematic of reggae Jean Page. Like, how dare you? Honestly, that is so egotistical and rude. And honestly, this was going to be his big break. I mean, maybe not. Honestly, he's probably doing the right thing. But like, I'm just kind of butthurt because it's just not going to be the same. And no, people are pissed. I'm pissed. I just think it's such a shitty look. Like, everyone knows that Bridgerton was his big break. And if it leads him to these other amazing opportunities, great. Like, he deserves it. He's incredible in Bridgerton. But it just gives me that feeling of, don't forget where you came from, youngin. You know what I mean? Like, this show really launched you. Like, it launched your career. And so you can't even spare them a couple of episodes. And that's sort of what it sounded like, is that they were just trying to get him to at least make a few cameos in a couple of episodes, not be a leading role. And he still turned it down. And the fact that they were willing to pay him, I mean, again, this is not confirmed, but I trust this Instagram account. And I trust (laughs) the people that write in. But yeah, the fact that they were willing to give him a salary higher than Anthony whoever plays Anthony who's the lead character in this next season I mean I I don't understand because I'm not rich but I just don't understand rich people and how they can turn down deals like this for what seems like a very low time commitment yes 100% so on one hand the fact that he isn't renewing his contract I mean it's just a little disappointing because there are literal hundreds of thousands of fans like Bridgerton was huge last year was I think the biggest streaming show on the platform last year or I guess it 
it came out last year, but then people watched it into 2021. But on one hand, it's like disappointing because, you know, out of respect to all of your fans, it would have been nice for him to continue on. Then on the same hand, I'm like, okay, he doesn't owe anyone anything. He especially doesn't owe. It's like the same thing. Like you don't owe your job anything other than doing the job that you committed to. So it sounds like he didn't break his contract, but actually they wrote a pretty shitty contract to begin with because I didn't expect it to be whatever it is now. No, that was going to be my second point is what (laughs) the hell? How did they not think this through? And I don't know what the current contract looked like or what was wrong or what happened. I'm not in legal, but I will say that this does seem like a massive mistake on their end that they didn't like force. I mean, not force, but encourage these actors and actresses to sign. Yeah. A multi-season deal. I mean, they probably didn't know like when it's a pilot or, I mean, I guess with Netflix, it's different. Who the fuck knows? I'm not an expert on this stuff, but the other point that I wanted to make, which I find interesting is we all know that Shonda Rhimes is an icon and she is very well known for Grey's Anatomy. That's like her big, biggest show. And I know she's on a ton of other shows. I don't know off the top of my head, but there's some big shows. She did the How to Get Away with Murder show with Viola Davis. I think maybe, maybe (laughs) (laughs) fact checked me. I'm pretty sure. Hold on. Googling it. Oh, no, you're right. Yes. She's done a ton of shows. What else? Scandal. Scandal. But what I was going to say is I'm just curious if, and I don't know really like how much the, is she what? She's like a producer, executive producer or creator of these shows. I don't know how much she really has to do on this, but I know that Grey's Anatomy was really well known for being like a fucking toxic environment. Like it's a 20 season long show. And there's a reason that Ellen Pompeo is the only person standing pretty much because they have this like history. So I'm just curious, like, I'm just, it it makes me speculate. Like, is there like a personal or moral reason why he wouldn't want to return because of how they were treated? Or maybe it's like the way that the contracts were written in the first place or the pay that they were getting for how successful the show is like, who knows, there could be tons of shit behind the scenes. And maybe he's just protecting himself. Like, you know what? I'm on a peak high of my career. Everybody knows who I am. I just hosted fucking SNL. Like I'm getting so much fame. I need to ride this and do what's best for me and take advantage of the opportunities that are being put in front of me that are just worth more for both like my long-term career and also my wallet. Like can't blame him. Yeah. Well, and the fact that he's being considered as potentially the next James Bond, that is mind boggling. And that would obviously skyrocket him even further. And I feel like if something like that happens, you know, once his next massive project is announced, I feel like people will probably forget about this. And then it'll turn to all of us being obsessed with him and whatever film he's in next or his new project. Like, I don't think he's, you know, done for. It's not like people are going to hate him forever. Like there's so much stuff behind the scenes that we don't know, but as a fan of Bridgerton, it is just really disappointing because we've been so excited for this next season and just to see how things unfold and just to know that a character like that isn't coming back after only one season too. You know, I feel like it'd be another thing if there had been six seasons and we're like, okay, we've kind of had enough. It's whatever. Yeah, we get it. Yeah. We want to leave. But after one season, it's like, come on, dude, at least make a couple cameos. And I have to wonder what Phoebe things you know I wonder if she's like if she I mean abandoned I know I wonder that too because if Phoebe had left the show I think she carries the show on her back personally and I would be devastated I'm a little less devastated honestly because I was so annoyed with his character in the whole entire show I was like (laughs) you're so fucking annoying like I got so annoyed and really truly like it's not that great of a show and I stand by that objectively but subjectively it's great to watch but okay we got to move on but I think we covered everything yes Yeah, it'll just be really interesting to see. I feel like the fact that they announced it this late, like it's April 2nd that they announced it and they said that they're starting filming this season. So I kind of just, I don't know. I feel like we'll probably hear a little more about what went on behind the scenes, but I'm excited to see what his next project will be. Yeah, I'm looking at my notes for the episode and I missed this, but down below I wrote talking points. Bridgerton is officially dead and a flop. (laughs) But actually, I'm curious if this literally will kill Bridgerton because the hype of not having the original cast together for the second season is now gone. And that is a huge blow. I bet. I mean, there's a reason why they were offering probably tons more money to keep him on because they know how valuable his presence on the show is. Well, also, he's like one of the very few people of color on the show as well, which is like not exciting for to like see him gone. Like, I don't know. That just adds another element of disappointment. A hundo P. So we'll see. We'll see. 
All right. Now, speaking of another element of disappointment, there is no elements of disappointment in my brain for Olivia Rodrigo releasing her next hit single, Deja Vu. Olivia Rodrigo is at it again three months after making headlines for seemingly writing driver's license about her high school musical, the musical, the series co-star Joshua Bassett. Fans are convinced that she's continuing the narrative with her new single, Deja Vu. Okay, wait, really quickly before we dive into the song, can I just say, whoever decided to name the show High School Musical, (laughs) the musical, the series, is on the wrong side. That (laughs) is just, it overwhelms me every time I see it, and I I hate it with every ounce of my being. They really could have done better. They really thought they did something there, yeah. Okay, let's get into it. Very first and foremost, tell me about your thoughts about Deja Vu. How did you listen to it for the first time? What were your feelings? What were your thoughts? What did you think? Were you vibing? Spill the tea. I, so usually when I listen to new songs that are really, you know, hyped up, people are so excited for the release. Everybody's waiting until midnight to hear it or until they drop it on Instagram. It usually takes me a couple listens to determine whether I really like it or I like it or I don't like it. Not the case with this song. It took me one listen and I said, oh shit, this song is probably going to top my Spotify year in review this December. Mm -hmm. It Mm -hmm. is like this woman is, I'm so amazed by her, her ability to just like tell a story so well, but also just make it into an absolute bop. Like, I love that she doesn't fill her songs with just random lyrics that rhyme and she just like all the fluff. Like she really tells an amazing story and it's just such a good bop for summertime. Are you kidding me? Between this and Peach's Justin Bieber's album, I'm like, I'm ready for summer. I- I couldn't love the song more. She absolutely knocked it out of the park. What were your thoughts? That you completely nailed my thoughts to the T. I watched the video first. So my first time listening to it, I was also watching the video, which tends to not be a great experience because I feel like normally I want to hear it first and like give the song some imagery in my brain before I allow the music video to assign what the imagery is. But I felt as though the music video depicted the imagery that would have been in my brain flawlessly if not better and I felt the exact same way because normally anytime a new song comes out I'm like yeah sure it's catchy and I'm sure that I'll like start to pick up liking it later but immediately upon the listen I was like let me just scrub my little thing back to the beginning and play that over again because that was a fucking bop and I was really shook because I really was thinking in my brain like is she gonna do it again like that would truly be incredible if she busted out another pop icon anthem for the girls you know and she did well and that that's the thing too is that we all know that she's an amazing artist I mean I don't think she's ever released a bad song but when you have a song like driver's license that actually took the entire world by storm I can't even imagine the amount of pressure that was on her because you know that everybody is going to be listening immediately to that to that next song and probably ready to throw some you know critique at it but there's no critique for this song there is no room for it I am just amazed that she was able to yeah like produce these two songs in the matter of how many months that are absolute smashes I am so obsessed with it I can't stop listening same and let me just say too I'm really grateful that the discourse has just been like yes iconic breakup anthem once again because you know it really was gonna start to feel like deja vu if people started talking about Joshua and Sabrina once again and you know I mean I had that thought I was like damn this is you know similar thematic elements to driver's license but I also think I I hope maybe that we are learning as a society from you know what Taylor Swift specifically had to endure with just being a sign like oh you wrote the song well who's it about who's it about when in reality that's just not typically I mean sure there's influence but that's not what artists care about they just want to write music that people relate to and so I just am really glad that she's had the opportunity to have this song come out, especially on the back of driver's license. And from what I've seen, there's very minimal discussion around like, Joshua, Sabrina, because that ultimately gave Joshua and Sabrina more 
just time in the limelight that they frankly did not deserve, you know? And so I'm very glad about that. Yes. I was just going to say, I haven't seen anything on Twitter or TikTok about, yeah, the Sabrina stands freaking out. I mean, believe me, I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure they're out there because they always are. Her fans are, I swear to God, they're multiplying by the second. But I will say that again in this song, and she did the same in Driver's License, It's not, I mean, obviously it seems like it's about Joshua Bassett, but she's not bashing Sabrina Carpenter. She didn't in this song. She didn't in driver's license. And so again, even if the Sabrina stands do start to pop up, there's really no ill will here. Let this girl record her music. It's a song about her life, her story. It's very relatable. It's such a bop. It's just incredible. I do have to wonder though, if the specific... I just, I picture being Joshua or Sabrina. And if any of the things in the song were like direct ats, it wasn't like blonde girl where everybody knew it was Sabrina. Like I'm talking about like, okay, strawberry ice cream with a spoon for two. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, was that something that Olivia and Joshua used to do? Is that something that maybe Sabrina posts? Like, I don't fucking know. I'm going down a rabbit hole a little, but like, did she post about having strawberry ice cream? And is that why Olivia put it in her song? Or like, yeah, is she posting, is she posting stories about them watching Glee together or Or like her and and Joshua's jacket? Like there could be so many, you know, things. So I'm guessing that it's probably making Sabrina and Joshua extremely butthurt because they're probably like shut the fuck up stop talking about us and I would honestly feel that but the difference is nobody knows that this time around whereas like the blonde girl I mean maybe she had a lyric like that and she changed it just so that she could avoid this whole thing happening again so true hilarious especially with the song title you know that would have just been crazy but yeah it's a freaking bop and I am so proud of her and I was just thinking I was like will she ever like I can't picture her on like a big stage on some crazy world tour I know that's where she's headed like she can muster the talent I mean anyone can do it Taylor Swift like obviously she's not like a dancer so she just kind of has the you know entire production helping carry to that level and I could see Olivia getting there Well, and it's interesting to think about too, because even though Olivia Rodrigo technically got famous before the pandemic started, I feel like her music career has definitely taken off during the pandemic. And so it's kind of interesting because even though we have all these artists that we love and, you know, we'll see them on huge stages and touring and all that good stuff after the pandemic ends, for someone like Olivia Rodrigo, I agree. I can't picture that either, but I feel like that's just maybe because her career really started, her music career at least, like independently away from high school musical the musical the series so yeah I don't know it's just that's sort of an interesting element that you know I feel like a normal artist if their pandemic didn't exist you know she'd be going on tour soon and we'd all be like Olivia we'll see you know we're seeing her everywhere but that just doesn't exist right now in this world yeah I don't know but it's gonna start getting back to normal and she definitely will be will be releasing an album soon because she's been teasing it and so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that I'm sure she'll do some kind of tour I would be that's a big money maker I mean I I would imagine but maybe I don't know she's inspired me to just wear jeans and a white tank top for all of summer and get curtain bangs yep well I really could never I could never <laughs> I'm like that's where I draw the line <laughs> you would honestly look cute with curtain bangs no yes you think so I do like long curtain bangs oh my god well like thank you maybe we'll do a poll <laughs> I'll let the fans decide I just pictured them on me and it it hurt my feelings even. <laughs> um, I don't want to make a joke about this because we're going to transition into the next topic and it just feels inappropriate to start it with a joke. So yes. Demi Lovato releases Dancing with the Devil music video. This is from Vulture. Demi Lovato has dropped the music video for her newest single, Dancing with the Devil, featuring a harrowing recreation of the events of her 2018 overdose. The title track of her latest album, Dancing with the Devil, opens with the lines, quote, it's just a little red wine, I'll be fine. The music video begins with Lovato recovering in a hospital bed, tubes filtering the blood from her neck as we flash back to various stages of her worsening addiction. News coverage of her hospitalization plays before the video moves into the song's second verse and depicts Lovato's sexual assault by the dealer who supplied her with the drugs that caused the overdose. Lovato's assistant, Jordan Jackson, is also depicted in the video discovering Lovato and calling for help, almost exactly as described in Lovato's YouTube documentary, also titled Dancing with the Devil. The video closes with a shot of Lovato's neck tattoo, which reads Survivor, and provides links to sexual assault and addiction resources. 
Okay. This was a heavy one. Have you, first of all, just tell me where you're at in the Demi Lovato knowledge. Cause I have yet to watch the documentary. I've seen tons and tons of clips on TikTok. I saw a couple clips of her on Joe Rogan talking about her recovery and all of that good stuff. So tell me about where, what you've seen so far. Yeah. So I haven't seen, I thought it was a documentary, but it's a four part docu-series on yes. YouTube. So yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Which I didn't know. I thought it was a documentary. And so I have not watched any of it, but after seeing, well, first of all, that was on me because I didn't even know that it was out. So sorry, I've been living under a rock the last few days, but mm-hmm. I, I'm planning on watching it this weekend because I only have basketball to watch tomorrow on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then on Sunday schedule is wide open. So I really, especially after watching the music video, I'm really wanting to watch the docu-series. Yeah, I've seen same with me because I've seen a couple clips like there's the clip on TikTok of where she's explaining all of the injuries that she suffered from the overdose. And I was like, holy shit, like that's just crazy. And I've been getting a lot of ads on YouTube about it, too. And I'm definitely going to watch it. But I did watch the music video today. Did you? Yes. And what did you think? I just want to kind of get your thoughts first and then we'll talk a little bit about the discourse happening online around it, too. It's a beautiful music video and props to her for just being so honest and open and really sharing. I I really appreciated that they didn't try to glamorize any part of it. You know what I mean? Because I think I've seen Mm -hmm. other videos, music videos that try to depict, you know, a really horrible, hard experience, but they do add that little element of like Hollywood to it. And, and it's sort of concerning because it's like, oh, you don't want young kids or anybody to see this stuff. And then, you know, like look up to that or think they want to experience the same thing. And so I really appreciated that in her music video, there's none of that, you know, like obviously, yes, it's a, it's a production. So it's not like an actual, you know, live clip from an iPhone video, but you really can tell the story and you really can see what it was like for her, what it was like for the people around her, for her assistant who found her. And, you know, even at the, at the end, when it says, you know, a true story by Demi Lovato, I mean, I think everybody already knew that, but I just thought it was beautifully done and good for her for just being so open and transparent and honest, because I feel like this could really help a lot of people. Yeah. And that's so interesting that you say that because actually one of the talking points around it is a lot of people who either have faced addiction themselves or, or, you know, had a loved one that struggled with addiction have been making some comments just on Twitter and stuff about, oh, this is like the definition of glamorizing addiction or like, like recreating your overdose story or anything like that can be like problematic or troublesome for your recovery process or whatever. We'll get into that, but I totally agree with you. I think that it's something that not only happens a lot just in life, but definitely in Hollywood. And I feel like nobody ever talks about it. And there's so many famous people who are celebrities who we've lost to addictions that we didn't even know maybe they were going them or, or used, you know, like, like drugs. And so I think it's really cool that she's using her platform to be like, Hey, cause you know, she's, she's talked about her addiction for a while. This isn't like the first time her overdose in 2018 was not the first, you know, telling of her story. It was more towards the end of like that journey for her in terms of her battle with addiction, hopefully. And so I just think it's cool that she's using her platform to talk about it. She doesn't have to do that. And even she, not that I watch the Joe Rogan podcast, but I did watch that one clip and she, he asked her like a question about, she said something, how she's on the California treatment plan. And he was like, tell me more about what that means. Like, what do you mean the California treatment versus Seattle? And she basically said that that meant that she is, she doesn't use drugs, but that they use marijuana to kind of help with satiate like the needs of those harder, more dangerous drugs that she was involved with. And she was like, but the thing is like, I don't like to talk about my treatment plan. Like that's really between me and my, and like the specialists that I work with and my family. And I don't really care to share any more about that because so many people know about my life and have something to say about it. And that's just something that I can't share. And so I think it's really brave of her to be sharing about this really personal, intimate thing. And I think the reason that she does it is because hopefully, I mean, she hopes that it would help even just one person that would make it worth it. So yeah, I think that's cool. But yeah, the glamorization thing I thought was interesting. And I, and I think I can see how people feel that way. And I feel like it's really just a matter of opinion on what makes you comfortable or, you know, if you've dealt with addiction in your life in some capacity, you may have 
different thresholds for what you're comfortable with seeing, but I do feel like it's her story to tell. And as long as she made the choice willingly to talk about her addiction on in her music and in this video, I don't personally see anything wrong with it. No. And like you said, I mean, I think growing up, I remember, you know, hearing of all these celebrities dying from overdoses and I never fully understood what that meant. And, you know, it was never really talked about. Nobody had really opened up about their struggles, but it's almost, and I don't want to say helpful in a bad way, in a bad way, but you know what I mean? It's, it's really eye-opening to see what it actually looks like, because I think in our heads, it looks really easy to spot and, you know, oh, they're just, you know, this person's out of control. Like, you know, anybody on the street could see it from far away, but in reality, and she even sings about it in her lyrics, you know, she would just start with a little bit of something and then it just kept, you know, the ball just kept rolling. And I think in a lot of people's minds, it would look totally different. Yeah, I agree. And I think, Anybody who like has a problem with how she, you know, her music video and the contents of the song and the contents of the video itself and talking about sexual assault, like all of those really, really hard topics. I think it's, it's really like an opinion thing. Like, I think it's fine for people to not be comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. And I also think that's why she added the trigger warning. She's like, this is, I'm going to talk about some serious stuff. Here's your resources. Like, I think if she hadn't had the trigger warning or provided resources, Mm -hmm. maybe it would have felt like a little bit like, ah, this could be really bad, but I feel like she handled it great. And I don't really think it's up to anyone else to dictate how she should be doing things, but it's totally within anyone's right to be like, I'm not comfortable with this or how it's being portrayed. And so I'm going to not, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, aside from the music video, Wow. Can I just say that her vocals never cease to amaze me. She is so talented. I mean, the entire song is great, but at the very end, when she is just going off, her range is out of this world. I mean, the the notes that she can hit, I'm like, I'm always blown away by her performances live, by her music videos. I'm just, she is so talented and is deserving of all the success that she has gotten. Totally. She's incredible. I'm I'm actually, I kind of want to watch that at least one of the episodes tonight. Let's get into, we have so much more to talk about, so we got to keep it precise. But the next topic is actually quite straightforward. And I must say, I feel like I've been confused about the Lil Nas X music video and the controversy and the Satan shoes and everything. Cause I've been like, is there more to the story? And then I just realized that the only reason that this is controversial is because he's gay and because the homophobes have entered the chat. Yep. And so I really just want to you know, we're covering these stories. We're helping our millennial or gen millennials understand what's going on in the world. All that really happened was that Lil Nas released a music video about his person or in a song about his personal experience with being gay, kind of talking to his younger self and using an analogy to God and Satan and all that stuff. And then the, the shoe thing happened and none of it really matters other, other than the fact that he's an icon and I fully stand him. And I feel so sorry that he has to be facing (laughs) fucking gun girl and fucking Candace Owens and all those assholes. But let's read the story. So Lil Nas X released Montero, Call Me By Your Name, and it's a song about the belief that those who view being gay as a sin are too quick to judge. Lil Nas X also explained in an Instagram post that he wrote the song and made the video in dedication to a younger version of himself who hadn't yet come out as gay. And Montero is meant to give others the courage to be themselves as well. Quote, Dear 14-year-old Montero, I wrote a song with our name in it. It's about a guy I met last summer, he wrote. I know we promised to never come out publicly. I know we promised to never be that type of gay person. I know we promised to die with the secret, but this will open doors for many other queer people to simply exist. He continued in the post to say that he understands people will claim he is using the song and video to, quote, push an agenda, but to Lil Nas X, that's what he wants to do. That's what he wants to do. He added, the agenda is to make people say the fuck out of other people's lives and stop dictating who they should be, sending you love from the future, which goof, I love that. So cute. And it's really is that simple. And if that's what the artist is saying, then that's what it is. But of course, controversy comes in because he is gay and because he's black and because he had these themes in the music video around like the devil and all this shit. So... In other news, he announced he was collaborating with Mischief on Satan Shoes, which were sneakers that contained drops of human blood following the release of his new single, Montero. The $1,000 Satan Shoes also have a reference to Luke 10, 18, a Bible verse about Satan's fall from heaven. 
Although all 666 pairs sold out in less than a minute on Monday, the inclusion of human blood has been met with a fur on social media. Candace Owens weighed in on the controversy, accusing him, along with two other Black people who were in the news recently, of holding back an entire race. And I mean, I don't really want to get into it because it's just a bunch of Christians being like, he worships Satan, but then also being like, we hate him because he's gay. And so it just fucking sucks. And I will say the Satan shoes thing is interesting, though, because I'm pretty sure Nike is suing. Nike won the lawsuit. It just got post- yeah. announced today. Yeah, Nike absolutely <laughs> I know. I'm like, it's why do companies sense. think they can get away with this? I don't understand. Yeah, but that's really all that happened. Like, there's no opinion to be had. Like, this is his art and fucking Candace Owens is on the wrong side and everybody else who had some shit to say. Gun girl. Oh my God. I can't. Flashback to Harry Styles wearing a dress for Vogue. This is the exact same type of backlash. Like it's all coming from the exact same community. Whenever Candace Owens weighs in, you know, you've done something right. Good for (laughs) Lil Nas X. This song is incredible. Good for him. It's just, it blows my mind that he can be so vulnerable and write that note on Instagram and actually explain the meaning, you know, Hey, this is to my younger self for X, Y, Z. And then people like Candace Owens still have to weigh in and shit all over it just because she's Candace Owens. So good for him and honestly when I watched the music video I was I was feeling the same way as you I'm like what is going on this must be like a a 200 piece puzzle that I'm gonna have to you know (laughs) retrace my steps no it's really so simple he released this music video and when I watched it I was expecting it to be crazy and I thought it was gonna be you know super like there's gonna be some nudity and like a lot of swearing and really like graphic elements it's not. It, there's nothing that bad at all. It's it's literally like a normal music video. Yes, <laughs> it's very visually stimulating. There's a lot of, you know, gr- like design and a lot of visual <laughs> effects, but I'm I was like so I was even more annoyed after I watched the video because I'm like we're really making a big deal out of this. Have you seen other music videos, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, know. it's it's too much. It's embarrassing. Anyways, we stand and fuck everyone else. But I think the controversy did give it more press and more people talking about it. And it's like number one on the top charts right now. So I was dying laughing because when I, let me find it. Uh, when I looked it up on YouTube to watch the video, I just wanted, you know, a nice little refresher and it has, I want to say almost 80 million views. So good for <laughs> him, make that coin. It has over 3 million likes, but almost 300,000 dislikes. Wow. I mean, I'm not surprised, but whatever. They're giving him views. Yeah, it's a bop. Good for him. Now, in our final story of the day, we are talking about Taylor Swift's newest decoding vault video situation. On Friday, Taylor Swift posted a video on her Instagram of a gold vault with a bunch of codes coming out of it and captioned it. The vault door is about to be as unhinged as you'll think I am after you watch this video. Happy decoding. The Swifties then lost their mind and decoded it within hours, uncovering that the codes were references to a bunch of her old songs, presumably leading to a from the vault release of some sort coming in the near future. So basically, the Swifties figured out that these little strings of letters were references to old songs that never got released so she's probably gonna drop (laughs) more music I'm just overwhelmed like I'm just so overwhelmed I'm trying not to be a bitch because I love Taylor Swift I think she's an icon I think she is incredibly talented but I literally like the vault just like I don't know it felt a little too nail on the head she's always been a little more subtle with her hints and this just felt like I'm hint girl now it's the da Vinci code here you go and I just I can't that perfectly puts it all together the way what did you post on our Instagram story you posted the video and didn't you just say I really can't do this today something like that. And that's exactly how I felt. And yeah, I mean, she's always been super subtle. She'd always just post, you know, a nice picture of herself with maybe a date or maybe a little caption, but yeah, this felt really, and again, I I agree. I love Taylor Swift. She's incredible, but this post was not it for me. It just, yeah, it felt very cheesy and over the top. And I, I think I, I didn't even make it through the whole video. I saw two codes come out of the vault and I said, swipe, swipe out of there. I can't do this today. Yeah. And I was just kind of confused because I was like, what are we supposed to, am I supposed to, it feels different when it's like songs that already existed, I think, like instead of new music, because 
people have heard these songs because there's that Google Drive of like the unreleased songs. So people know how they sound. That's how they knew what the titles were to be able to assign them from these codes. Yeah. And I just, I just, I was struggling to care. Like once uh, I had so many people send me the screenshot of the list of the songs. And I was like, I'm, I really don't, I literally asked at people like, what do, where is the care come in? You know? (laughs) Well, here's the thing. I don't understand why people, and if somebody has an answer to this, please DM us and tell me, but why do people care so much about the title of the songs on an upcoming album? I feel like people always freak out when that list is released, but I'm like, until I know what the song sounds like, I don't care what it's called. I just care about how the song sounds. And I don't want to like poo-poo on people's happiness. So this is truly just an opinion and I'm not yes. mad to enjoy the decoding of it all. I just, I personally, I'm having a struggle with Taylor recently, just in the last year, there's been a lot of discourse about just what she represents as like a feminist icon and how her feminism sort of lacks, lacks intersectionality. And so then when these things come out that feels so like surface level and like self-indulgent, it's, and I, and I know that's like a criticism that Taylor gets. And so I'm trying to, I don't know how I feel. I haven't landed anywhere. These are just all feelings that I'm having. And as a longtime fan, but a fan who doesn't blindly stand, but rather, you know, observes and has feedback. And I don't, you know, view Taylor as a perfect person or that she should be saving the world or that she should be doing everything that anyone should ever be doing. Like she doesn't have the capacity to do it all. And I understand that. I just... I just, I have a lot of feelings about it and I just needed to kind of get them all out. You know what I mean? Well, and also I know that Taylor is definitely a very private person nowadays. And I know that she has been through, been through her fair share of sharing her life and being, you know, all in the press and in the public eye. But I will say that because her accounts have only turned to business, 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 you know, it really is all about her music and that's good for her. I'm not saying that she needs to change it, but I will say that it does just get a little tiring after a while when that's the only content we see from her. And again, that is just my opinion. I know that she has already put her time in and does not owe us anything, but I'm just saying that it's nice to, you know, like when you're scrolling through Instagram, it's nice to see celebrities post just normal pictures, you know, of like them and their family or them, even like Instagram stories of just them making their breakfast or on a walk or just literally anything. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. I'm getting a little fatigue from her posts because they're all the same. They're all about the music, the albums. It's like business, business, business. Yeah. And, and I think that's a great point. And it's not I understand why she does that because everything she does just gets ridiculed to fucking the great, like just beat, you know what I mean? Into the ground. And it's so exhausting. And so I, you know, I have empathy for the amount that she has had to endure as a single person, but she just like, it's at the point where, I don't know, it's, she represents so much more than just herself now because she like made that decision to to take a stance about that lady Marsha the whole just like basically coming out in her documentary yeah like coming out as a democrat basically and like when you made that decision it felt like that was finally the time where you decided that your career and the amount of money that you make and the fact that half of your fan base probably disagrees with your views matters less than like human rights and people and politics and all that stuff so when she entered into that it's like Ooh, it's just the expectations are no longer being met because now you're like receding from that because the election's over, but there's still like a lot of shit going on. I don't know. It's just, it's just sticky. It's just complicated. And it's hard because she is by far in my mind, one of the most famous people in the entire world. Like she's just on another level. She's kind of on that. You know how we always talk about how the Kardashians are just in another universe. It's the same way. Yes, it's true. And so I will always love her, but sometimes I do just want a little bit more from her. And it's especially getting tiring because of all the re-recording of the music. And she's literally like releasing, she left fucking released two albums last year. And I feel like I just need a break. Yes. Well, yeah, that totally plays into the whole fatigue of things because exactly we're used to hearing from artists maybe once a year and if not then maybe every few years about a new album release and by all me like don't get me wrong I'm so excited at how much music she's released and is re-recording and re-releasing but 
yeah, it's just, it's not something that I'm used to. And so I'm just like, oh my God, I, I can't with all these like hints and clues and posts. I'll, I'll listen to all the music, but yeah, there's just been a lot in our face. And again, that's not her fault. I'm just saying from a consumer's perspective, I'm a little tired. <laughs> yeah. And she's doing that stuff that's never been done before. So there will probably be a lot of learnings that come from this experience and who yeah. knows who the fuck's going to try to like duplicate it down the line, but you can't really duplicate what she's doing because of the whole scooter thing. And the fact that she's re-recording is like not even ideal for her. So it's like very individualized. Like, I feel like we're not going to see this ever happen again in our lifetime. Do you know what pissed me off is that when I finished watching Demi Lovato's Dancing with the Devil music video, Scooter Braun's name was on the end of the music video in the credits. And I was, oh, that just left a sour taste in my mouth. I know. I'm just so curious about, I wish we had the answers. I hope before we die, we'll get the answers and we'll know what really happened there because it's crazy. Well, shit, dude, I'm sweating my booty off. I have to pee. Lenny has to pee. He's ready to leave. My head hurts. Uh, I want pizza. So I think (laughs) with that, we are going to close it. And we have to wrap it up and get a good night's rest tonight because we have two very big basketball games tomorrow. Uh, Emily, you're so sporty. You're literally the one that's about to win your bracket, aren't you? Mm, No. I thought if the Zegs won, you're going to win um no oh shit sorry I'm not gonna win mine either I think like 50 people in our group all had Gonzaga winning oh okay and all of my guesses in like the first round were literally wrong because there was so many so many upsets well if you're listening on release day hopefully Gonzaga will be in the championship tonight everybody watch in the words of Emily Jones in the words of Emily Jones go Zegs put it on my tombstone (laughs) <laughs> goes eggs z-e-g-s <laughs> how do you say it zags goes eggs good job goes eggs goes eggs <laughs> it's like emily has a friend named maggie but because of the way she pronounced hi maggie for listening because of the way she pronounces maggie it comes out like maggie and so for like the first year before we got to actually meet Maggie, we thought her name was Maggie. So when Maggie came and she was like, I'm Maggie, I was like, who the fuck is Maggie? Like there's a Maggie, but who's Maggie? So yeah, anyways, just, just girly things. With that being said, thank you so much for joining us for another week of The Wrong Side. If you like what we're doing here, come through, follow us on The Wrong Side podcast on Instagram. We're going to get on TikTok soon. I just like don't have the time or the energy, but someday I will be popping off on TikTok. I am manifesting that for 2021. So you should probably follow us on TikTok at the wrong side pod, I believe. Leave us a review on iTunes. We have yet to acquire a review in 2021. So it would be really iconic if you're enjoying our content to please head over to reviews on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review, a five-star review, even if you're feeling crazy or if you're feeling generous. Thank you for being with us. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye, guys.